0: i ran michigan i
1: don't even know what he's thinking he's just a complete brickhead uh brady kachunk thomas is my best friend i got a lot of good luck and news on my team mm-hmm. you just got I see.
0: hi everyone and welcome to episode david runblad no obviously i'm just kidding episode brady kachunk of Elite Sense Brain. As always, I am Fiata, and I am joined by the reigning winner of the Craig Medaglia Award for social media, no, for Sense Twitter MVP on the Amelnikian Awards. It's Twitter user at Ericsson's Burner.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: Oh, you know, I'm I'm surviving. Nice little bit of uh, foreshadowing for the rest of this episode, by the way, in that intro.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Everyone get excited for what's to come. If you know, you know, and if you don't, like, you will find out soon.
0: Exactly. So, to start us off, before we get to the really exciting content later, we are going to give a little update on our dear friends, the Ottawa Senators, who unfortunately are no more. Um, The season is over, they're not winning the Cup, they're not even making the playoffs, it's very sad. The Sens
1: died, rest in peace. (laughs) they had a good run. It was a fun season, you know. It was fun. We had a lot of ups. We had more downs. Um, so, they're dead now. I don't know, what like that's like a bad eulogy, but it's like they die every year. Tragically. Prior to them dying though, good things did happen. Uh, Chloe finally got Finally, I didn't make it sound like I was like, "Time's ticking. Like, when's it gonna happen?" But he got a thousand points with the team he's played for his entire career. I still remember being a child. Khodjer was drafted. I saw it and I said, "Oh my gosh, he's gonna play for my Ottawa Senators." <laughs> and then he grew here. He played a thousand games here. Then he got to a thousand points here. Then he got to a thousand, uh, one thousand one hundred games played here. So he has been a son for life, and he will be a son for life. What a great story! Just just love that
0: guy. noted Ottawa senator sends legend Claude Jehu, and he gets his thousandth point on his son's goal on on Tim Stutz's goal. It's so perfect. I have watched that video so many times I literally the photo of G and Brady celebrating the goal is now my like screensaver on my laptop (laughs) um because if oh you God. okay, it's this picture of like what's so great is that G is like not really celebrating that enthusiastically. He's just sort of like happy about scoring, and then you just see Brady in the background like waving to the rest of the team to come onto the ice off the bench, and then you just know if you if you've seen the video, you know that Tim Stursa is out of frame grabbing the puck instead of celebrating
1: his goal. It was just, oh, it was such a good moment. I watched that video over and over again. Wow. It was so cute I love that it happened off of like Tim Stutzla's goal because like it was just so awesome like obviously I think this would happen for like anyone getting a thousand points but obviously like no one cared about like Tim Stutzla at all it's that like (laughs) moment like even though he scored they were like no one gives a shit but it was like just such a cute moment yes it did like it's nice that it was a nice father-son moment um it's just so lovely. It was. And
0: unfortunately, I think that was like the only really interesting thing that happened in the actual games uh, for the last two weeks. Um, Everything else that was interesting happened after the season ended, uh, because the Sens love to celebrate the end of the season in a very fun way.
1: Yeah, so basically, if you're new, or like, basically, it's like, they did it last season too, And I don't know if they've done it prior seasons because I think COVID restrictions probably would have made it so that they couldn't do it like the last few but basically it seems that there's a tradition whenever the Sens are eliminated from playoff contention where they go to a bar in Ottawa and bartend shirtless like <laughs> it's happened twice now <laughs> last
0: time it was only Brady doing this this time like the whole team got into it
1: even Jacob Chikrin got in on it yeah which is so awesome, because, like, he just got here, you know what I mean? So it's, like, he presumably was, like, like, okay, this is how I imagine the conversation went, presumably they were, like, hey, like, Jacob Chikrin, we're gonna go to the bar and then uh, take off our shirts and then bartend, <laughs> and he was, like, yeah, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> he was
0: born to be an Ottawa senator, like, truly, he, it is incredible, how well he fits in here. And we'll, we'll get back to the, the exuberant celebrations later. But on the topic of Jacob Chikrin and the end of the season, he also apparently has just really hit it off with Thomas Shabbat. Like, I don't know what happens in that injured player's box. But, like, they they decided to become best friends all of a sudden.
1: Yeah. So there's a picture. I don't know if it was posted. Someone's Instagram story. Either it was Chikrin's Shabbat's or Instagram. Shabbat's. Okay, so on Thomas Shabbat's Instagram story, he posted a picture of him, uh, it's like a selfie, and Jacob Chikrin is hugging him uh, so tightly, and it says 7-8 on it, and okay, you are like a genius, because I think you figured out what that meant, because 7-8 is like nothing. At first, I thought it was like a bar or a restaurant or something, like, and that's where they were, but I was like, no, it's not, like, that's nothing. So, Vieta, please reveal to the people what that is.
0: So I was like trying to figure out what seven eight is supposed to mean. I was like, what is the significance of this number? It's like he spelled out seven and then had the number eight. It was so strange. And then I realized 72 plus 6 equals 78. So are they just have they given themselves a ship
1: name? Is this them being like, hell yeah, we're we're 7-8 now. We're 78. I like fully believe that's what it is also okay do you remember in like middle school how it's like when you had a crush you'd like put your names into like a random app and see like what like your love score added up to type thing why does this give me like those vibes (laughs) of like like they added up like like they're trying to see like if they're soulmates or whatever and they are and it's lovely I can't wait for them to be the top pair like all next year like all next season it's gonna be so awesome
0: and the thing is, like, if you haven't seen this picture, just just go to my Twitter. I think I posted it like three times. And look at this picture because, like, it's just the specific energy of the picture that looks like like a relationship announcement or like even an engagement post. Like, I feel like some people have done that pose where it's like you know, hands over the person's chest so that you can see the hand and the ring, right? Like, it looks like that. Um, and Shabbat's expression too just gives off like old man who doesn't know how to use technology (laughs) like
1: I don't know it's just (laughs) such a funny picture like it's just the best picture I've ever seen and it's like okay because I guess then because Shabbat has been injured the past like few games so he was sitting out so I guess they bonded in like the IR press box because like otherwise I don't know how they would have gotten so close so fast but it's like they're like they're they're like fully like this is like a long-term thing at this point, I think. Like it's only been like a few weeks, but it feels like it's been a lifetime.
0: It's it's so incredible. And I love that like people were talking in the exit interviews about how Sanderson and Zoob worked really well as a pairing, so it kind of sounds like that's gonna be a thing in the future, which obviously leaves Shabbat and chikrin as the other pairing, and they did really well in like the small amount of time they were together. But I love that they've just decided they're like yeah. We're, we're D partners now. Like we're, we're going to be playing together. These are the two most volatile offensive defensemen, like guys who get criticized for, you know, not being defensively minded enough. And they're like, we're going to, we're going to play together Um, to create like the most chaotic pairing in the league. I cannot wait for this. I can't wait
1: for their like incredible bromance. It's going to be so incredible on like, from like the on ice perspective, it's going to be awesome. They're going to, like, give up, like, five goals every shift, but, like, score six. So it's going to be fine. Exactly. Like, it's all going to balance out. Sens win every game 12 to 11.
0: I'm also just, like, so in awe of Shabbat because he does this with so many players. Like, how how does he keep doing this with, like, every player on
1: the sense. He is so affectionate toward all his teammates. I am so obsessed with him. It's so cute. And also it's like nice because if everyone remembers, like he had such a bromance with Colin White. And it mm-hmm. was like, very tragic when Colin White, like moved away. I guess he was bought out. But like, it's nice <laughs> to like imagine it like he just had to like, like, Something happened and he had to move away. But yeah, it's like Thomas Shabbat, I think he's finally moved on. I hope Colin White has moved on. I haven't like kept up with him, but I hope he's doing okay. Yeah. And I I just feel like it's
0: nice that, you know, Shabbat is a player that a lot of the fans are very mean to as we have, you know, been over extensively on this podcast. And it's nice to just keep getting confirmation that like the entire team is just in love with him. They're so obsessed with him.
1: Yeah, like, it's so nice. It's like, like, shab daddy for real. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I fe- I really feel like that's what everyone calls him. I, I fully believe it, 100%. Yeah, shout out again, Josh Norris, for telling us about that term. But yeah, it's just very nice to know that, like, he has a support system. Like, when the fans are mean to him, like, he has, like, his choice of who he can turn to. Like, depending on, like, I guess, like, what... He needs like any guy on the team is obsessed with him, so it's like fine. Like he can talk to whoever he
0: needs to talk to, and honestly, it's especially nice that he has Chikrin because Chikrin has also started. There's there's been a little bit of criticism that started of Chikrin and how he's always injured and like I said, you know maybe defense is not his strong suit. He makes some mistakes and stuff, and people have been critical of him for that reason. So I like that Shabbat has a guy who's going through exactly the same thing that he is in his corner, who can also just like co-parent yeah. all those baby defensemen with him because he sure needs some help in that regard considering how many baby defensemen he has to parent
1: yeah he is like a single mother to like seven or something like there's so many like a lot of them are in Belleville so we forget but like there's a lot so Mm, not not a single mother anymore though yeah it's like yeah it's very nice that he's found like his partner in more than one sense
0: so obsessed with him anyways so the other thing that the end of the season brought us other than the celebrations and like (laughs) weirdly affectionate posts online um is obviously the thing that normal podcasts like to talk about which is uh the exit interviews they were like you know you always think they're gonna I'm always I always look forward to them because I'm like oh people are gonna say such interesting things and they always end up being a little bit boring but one thing that I thought was so strange and hilarious, and that will lead to our next, a nice segue to our next comment, our next section, is Tim Schutztel was talking about Brady Kachuk, had great things to say, and then at one point he was like,
1: yeah, Brady is funny now. He didn't used to be
0: funny, but like now he is.
1: Yeah, which <laughs> is like so funny. Also, okay, I didn't have a chance to listen to the exit interviews, but I was following along, like just because TSN 1200, uh, like posted like, um, like, just excerpts and stuff but like something to note about TSN 1200 is that like they cannot transcribe anything so they tend to make things up a lot of the time so I don't know if he said this for real but according to TSN 1200 the like verbatim what he said is Brady's changed he's gotten funnier and if that's what he said that's hilarious because imagine being like it's like you've changed it's like (laughs) I like you more now like that's so funny
0: I hope he said it. I
1: can't listen now just in case he didn't actually say it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry to tell you this, but I, I did listen to it like uh, earlier today. And I was waiting for that because I also thought the wording was hilarious. And his wording was more like Brady Kachuk didn't used to be funny, but now he's funny. Um, Like it wasn't even he's changed. He's funnier now. It's like he's funny now. <laughs> he wasn't before, <laughs> which I think is also funny.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's also like a hilarious thing to say, because it's like, like, wow, damn, you know what I mean? I thought he was funny, but like, I guess it wasn't funny enough. Timmy has high standards. Yeah, I love how much Timmy like, negs him, you know what Mm. I mean? It's like, he will be like, just like, kind of cutting for no reason, and it's so hilarious. But also, oh wait, I did, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I saw a video on YouTube of like, Tim Stutzah not on YouTube, on Twitter, of Tim Stutza talking about Brady Kachuk's hair. And he's like, he was literally like, it's so cute. He looks so cute. So that was also lovely. They're so funny. Yeah, they're just such an awesome duo. And like you wouldn't necessarily expect it, because like Brady Kachuk is very like all American, like Mm -hmm. type player, like whatever enforcer. And Tim Stutza just plays like a beautiful game where like he just like dances out there and it's like like good like odd couple vibes a little bit. Like I like that they work so well on a line together. It's just like I like them so much. Yeah, it's so
0: cool how that's worked out that yeah, obviously Brady was sort of like, you know, mentoring Timmy a little bit when he first came into the league and so they have that, but it just seems like it just seems like they they work so well together and they complement each other so well. Um it's it's so so great that they yeah, are on the same team and even the same line that that has, meant, that has worked out because we didn't really think that would be the case for a while.
1: Yeah, it's just, like, such a nice... Like, that's the thing. I guess when the sends die every year, you have to look for, like, nice things that happen. And it's, like, like the emergence of, like, Brady and Timmy, not just as, like, BFs, but as, like, like very good line mates. It's, like, that's awesome. Like, that's a such a plus from this season. Yeah, sucks for Josh Norris, who
0: legitimately had great chemistry with Brady, too. But, you know... That's what happens when you yeah. injure your shoulder. I guess You should have thought of that before he injured his shoulder. Not to victim blame Josh Norris <laughs>
1: though,
0: just to make it clear. I am victim
1: blaming him actually. <laughs> Get it together. Yeah, honestly, like, like fix your shoulder, dude. Like, what the hell is wrong with? Just kidding. I can't even like finish the sentence. I'm like. Oh my god. I just no, miss I him truly. Back. Yeah. Yeah, I miss him so much. I really hope he is all good next season. I think that would be so awesome. (laughs) I think it'd be nice to have, like, two good centermen. No offense to Shane Pinto, but, like, yeah,
0: it'd be nice to have Josh Norris back. For sure. Anyways, so that little discussion about Tim Stutz's thoughts on Brady Kachuk brings us to our recurring segment, our only segment that I am so excited about this time because he finally gave us content to talk about. But it is, what did Brady Kachuk do this time?
1: What didn't he do this time, to be honest? So we have, like, some stuff written down here. Number one, which was hilarious. Okay, so the Sens played the Panthers. I don't even know. They were out of a playoff spot at this point. And then, or no, they needed to win to, like, stay alive. And they lost in such spectacular fashion. Like, I don't even remember the score. I think my brain made me, like, block it out. It was something like 7-2 or something like that. It was 7-2, yes.
0: And I actually remember that game very distinctly because that was the day um, that... You know, uh, I was locked out of my house because of a power outage. Uh, little pro tip to our listeners, by the way. Just, just a little tangent here. If you live in a building that requires like a code to get in, uh, ask your landlord how you're supposed to get in during a power outage. Anyways, um, so that was a harrowing day, and I sat down at the library um, because 24 hour, 24 seven exam hours are great, and was like, I. It's been a long day, and I'm so excited to watch the Ottawa Senators, and they lost
1: 7-2. And yeah, that was the game they had to win to like not be eliminated from playoff contention. Um, I'm pretty sure. So that's hilarious. It's like they went out with a bang. They were like, you know what we're going to do? Not just lose. <laughs> like, lose 7-2. So it's like, if you could get like extra eliminated from playoff contention, like that's what they did. It's like if it existed on, like, a spectrum, like, they got so eliminated that day, but it was, so people know, obviously, so that was, like, Matthew Kachuk is on the Panthers, Brady Kachek on the Sens, so we got Matthew versus Brady playing against each other, but they always say, like, we will never fight each other, so we didn't get that, however, this is the closest we've ever been, <laughs>
0: I legitimately thought they were going to fight at one point because, okay, if you didn't watch the game, this is like the sequence of events, okay? First of all, early on in the game, okay, has does like a kind of a late hit on Matthew Kachuk. Like, it's not really like a, a dangerous hit, but it's like, and eh, he didn't like that, you know? And Matthew Kachuk immediately retaliates. It was clearly, like, him trying to get Brinkett. Huge hit. Like, legitimately really dirty, really big hit on Dabrinkit. Dabrinkit is, like, down on the ice. And, of course, the whole Sens team is, like, super mad at Matthew. And, you know, Sanderson fights him, which is hilarious because Sanderson used to live with Brady. I think he still does. I'm guessing he still does, right? And, like... It's bad enough that Brady, this is like, this is the funniest thing ever to me. Brady came off the bench as the captain, goes up to the refs because, as the captain, this is his job, and tries to convince the refs to give his brother, his older brother, a like five minute major instead of just two minutes or like a game misconduct. I'm obsessed with this. It was so
1: funny. Yeah, I imagine it was very like, uh like brought him back to like being a kid type thing. Because it's like, that's a very like, I'm telling mom, like type, like that's the energy. So it's like, I imagine it was like muscle memory. Like, I'm sure he was like, I know how to do this. But yeah, like, oh my God, it was the funny, because it was like a very like physical game, like a lot of fights. At one point, okay, so Brady and Matthew both fought not each other, but they fought e- like they fought different people, I'm pretty sure, like, on the same shift. So it's mm-hmm. like, they were both there fighting someone, just not each other. And I imagine, like, that's like a proxy fight. You know what I mean? It's like, in their heads, they were fighting each other, but they were like, we actually can't. So they were like, let's just pick a random guy. I don't even know who they fought. But yeah, they essentially fought each other. There
0: was also a moment before that where they just, like, stood at center ice, talking to each other and I, I couldn't really tell like I don't know if it was you know something yeah. you know there was some kind of it was a stoppage obviously but I don't know if other things were going that were keeping the game from happening but from the broadcast it looked like it was just Brady and Matthew at center ice talking very intensely and everybody else just sitting around watching them like I don't know if the other players were doing something else but it didn't look like they were and I remember watching this and being like oh my god they're, they're gonna fight like they're actually gonna fight and then Obviously, they almost did, but didn't. But at this point, like, I I kind of feel like if you're Brady and it's like your older brother is getting into so much trouble with all your teammates, your teammates are so pissed at him. They're like, he's literally throwing like really dirty hits against your teammates. At some point, doesn't it make sense for you to be like, okay, guys, stop trying to handle my stuff for me. I'm going to handle this and I'm going to take on my brother right now
1: you know, like I, that, that feels like it makes sense in my head. I think it does make sense. I think it just would have also made for excellent television. Also, yeah, when they were like, uh, talking to each other, it was so funny because it was so apparent that like, the broadcast was just like I'm sure they knew that like they were on camera like that's all anyone cared to see so they were fully like blocking their mouths with like their which I know people do that a lot but like this was so funny because it's like I had like you had to like read their eyes almost like to figure out what they were saying because it's like you couldn't really see like so much of what they were saying but it's like based on the expressions it was like that was the most intense like conversation ever.
0: Yeah, and Brady also said on the podcast later, is that, like, some guys, they asked him, you know, what's it like when your teammates are all really mad at your brother, and he was saying that, you know, some guys try to, like, not get into it and not be too, like, intense about how much they hate Matthew, or, you know, try to be nice about it, but some guys will just straight up go up to him and be like, gotta be honest, dude, like, your brother, which is really funny to me.
1: Yeah, that's actually so hilarious, <laughs> it's I believe it, because Matthew Kachuk is one of the people who I think, like, if you polled every NHLer, like, he is one of the ones who, like, people do not like. So it would be funny to imagine people, like, if they get traded to the Sens or whatever, having to, like... Be like, oh, shit, I guess I have to, like, pretend now. But it's nice that they don't, like, a lot of them don't pretend. It's nice that a lot of them are like, I have to make it be known. I I like to imagine it happens unprompted, too. Like, Matthew Kachek is not, like, a topic of conversation. And they're just like, oh, hey, Brady, uh by the way, I hate your brother. <laughs> like, I think that's hilarious. And, okay,
0: let's be honest here. Kloji who does that, right? Like, like it, it's got to be Kloji. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it definitely is. Oh, yeah. Like, I wonder who it's most likely. Okay, I think, oh, Curse underscore hockey on Twitter made an excellent, like, post that was, like, basically it was a chart determining, like, which of the sends talk shit about Matthew Kachuk and in what capacity. It's so good. We, oh, wait, if we haven't retweeted it on the podcast account yet, we will. Because, like, it's so good. It is.
0: And it's perfectly accurate. I agree completely.
1: Yeah. Excellent one. But, yeah, so basically... It's very funny to imagine, like, who is just being like, hey, Brady, I hate your brother. Other than Claude Giroux, I can't remember who Cursed underscore Hockey said it was, but off the top of my head, I'm not, like, I'm not sure who it would be. I know a lot of people who would be, like, secretly hate him and be like, uh, I don't hate him, no. Honestly,
0: actually, one thing I disagree with Cursed underscore Hockey about is I'm like, is, I think she said that Timmy lies it says like oh I I've never said anything bad about your brother but it's a lie I think Timmy like would straight up say it to Brady I think he'd be like but the thing is I don't think Timmy dislikes Matthew but I feel like he would actually rant to Brady
1: about Matthew if he was really pissed off at him in the moment you know (laughs) that seems like his personality I feel like he might do you remember I can't remember if it was last season or the season before but at one point like uh Matthew Kachuk like hit Tim Stusa and he like fell on the ice and stuff and this was like peak diving allegations like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that was all anyone could talk about so Matthew Kachuk literally like lifted him off the ice by his collar like uh like a freaking bully in a like Disney Channel movie it was crazy I remember that so vividly so I feel like at that point Timmy may have been like Like, Brady, your brother straight up sucks. But I think now they're, like, I don't know. They have a good, like, friendship vibe going on, uh, Timmy and Matthew, do, They do, but I feel like Timmy just has a very, like, younger
0: sibling energy around the Kachucks. Like, I I think he just kind of nags them a little bit. I I I think he probably is, like, kind of mean to Matthew, but in, like, a a fun way, the same way that he, like, teases Brady. I don't know if this is, like, me overanalyzing things.
1: I know. I feel like that might be, I feel like that's accurate. I don't know. I just like love to be interacting with the Kachucks. It's always so funny. So anyways,
0: on the topic of that same game, because more stuff happened in that game, believe it or not, Brady got kicked out of a game. After fighting two people on the same ship, which is the same ship where Matthew fought someone like he was just making his way through the team. I like to believe that like he was going to fight every single player and then end it with Matthew. And that was his plan. Um, But anyways, he got kicked out before that could happen, which was funny because he was basically trying to like advocate for his brother to get kicked out and then he got kicked out instead. And where does Brady Kachuk go after getting kicked out? Does he go to the locker room? No. Does he go to the press box where players are supposed to go after getting kicked out of a game? No. Does he go home? No. He instead goes to his family's box and he goes and sits with his dad and his whole family to watch the game. Um, and he doesn't even... Also, if you look at the picture that somebody posted about this because somebody like caught him there, he's not sitting next to his dad. Like We, t- we joked about Keith preferring Brady to Matthew and yet
1: like something's going on there because Brady was not sitting next to him in the box yeah okay so I saw this picture as well I will say some people in the quote tweets were like this is obviously not Brady Kachuk and it's like for like shut up like to me it is even if it's not Brady Kachuk like that was Brady Kachuk oh, it's so obviously- we're just like going off the assumption that it was yeah if it's like later debunked or whatever like we don't care like that's it's obviously Brady Kachuk in our hearts and in our eyes so I think like that's so funny that's like like I like to imagine that like like when Keith is there it's like they the rules just don't apply they're kind of just like yeah Brady like do whatever you want like go hang out with your family like that's obviously not what's supposed to happen but it's like whatever like he's Brady Kachuk these are the Kachuks they're like the funniest hockey royalty of all time like they technically like are like all like wow like great family great hockey family but like they're hilarious about it so they can do what they want exactly I just think they're they're probably the exception to everything but
0: on the note of the kachucks and Brady watching games on that same podcast where he talked about how some guys are like mean to him about Matthew he also made it very very clear and he also made it clear in his exit interview that he is not going to be attending matthew's playoff games and the wor- the way he said it through the wording was so funny because he was like unfortunately the florida faithful will not be experiencing my presence this year he's he's literally the funniest person ever but anyways he gave like very legit reasons why he's not going to be like exuberantly cheering on matthew but also in my head like the timing is so funny. So in my head, this
1: happened because of that game. <laughs> this happened because like Matthew hit DeBrinkert like in a like he hit he gave a dirty hit and like Brady was like you are no longer my brother. Like I will not support you any longer. <laughs> exactly. It just it it feels like the natural progression of things. Of course that's what would follow from that like extremely heated game. Exactly. Um, yeah. Also, people were saying maybe, like, he was never a Matthew fan, he was just a Flames fan. I think that's also hilarious, <laughs> um, if that's the truth. that That is actually really funny. Um, I like that idea. <laughs> He's just, like, a huge, like, who even is on the Calgary Flames? He's just a huge Daryl, Daryl Sutter guy. I don't know. Oh, but, no. um, yeah, I think it's funny also, <laughs> it's funny to also imagine him like going to the games but like in a disguise I think some people were saying he might do that um I personally my belief is that he said he was going to Florida just like cuz because I think that like that's where his family is and it's like nice and warm and stuff I think he's gonna go to Florida and not pay attention to hockey at all I think he's just gonna like live his best life in Florida because he's so made for Florida like he like wears crocs he's I get I've not got nothing else he's just made for Florida because he wears crocs but it's like <laughs> exactly
0: he's gonna be just like he was at the all-star game he's gonna gonna be in his like chair on the beach in his crocs just like completely oblivious to any hockey games happening Mm -hmm. just just enjoying life as he should he deserves it and that of course brings us to Brady's uh, final shenanigan of this season um and a nice repeat of last year he once again got drunk in public as we discussed uh, with the whole team but there, there was a video going around and like okay for a while everyone was just tweeting about how brady was like drunk in the byword market and i couldn't see any videos or clips of it i was just like is everybody just seeing it and just like aware that like brady kachuk is on the loose drunk <laughs> wandering around the the byword market in the middle of the day but finally i did see a video in like it's so funny because these people are, like, across the street from Brady in broad daylight. I don't know what time of day it was, but, like, it was not at night. Brady is clearly shit-faced
1: and he's raising up his arms saying, like, we're gonna win the cup. Yeah, he is like, we're gonna win the Stanley Cup. And the people, like, don't react. Obviously, <laughs> the person, like, videotaping must be a sense fan because, like, why else would you videotape? Like, he obviously, like, must know that that's Brady Kachuk. Everyone else is like, okay. Like, they (laughs) don't know who he is, and they don't know what he's talking about.
0: (laughs) Also, like like Sens are winning the cup is a Sens twitter meme like he's so funny did, did he get this from online that he that you know is he just picking up on the fact that everyone is going yeah the Sens are winning the cup and that's like our running joke and so he thought it would be funny to say this or did he come up with this on his own like i i am fascinated by this and like i don't know brady kachuk like day drunk in the bywood market yelling to people that the Sens are going to win the cup sounds like a joke that I would come up with. Like, there's no
1: way this is real. It's also like, okay, objectively, we know the Sens are going to win the cup because like, Mm -hmm. even just like not like making a joke, it's like, they're obviously getting better, blah, blah, blah. Objectively, though, that is the captain of a 21st place team, (laughs) like nowhere close, (laughs) being like, we're going to win the cup. Like, that is so funny. Like,
0: what the heck? And the fact that this was, like, right after being eliminated, too. Like, their season is over. (laughs) They're eliminated. And he doesn't clarify when the Sens are going to win
1: the Stanley Cup. Just, like, at some point, they will. Like, he, I know we've said it before, like, he is just so much the captain of the Ottawa Senators. Like, there's no one else who could have captured, like, that energy that, like, the Sens need. And I'm also just like, I I need to see him celebrate a Stanley
0: Cup win. Like, you know, I've been a Sens fan long enough that I'm like, I don't expect the team to ever win the Cup on some level. I'm just like, you know what? They're going to have fun. And that's what's important. They'll have some deep playoff runs. But teams I cheer for don't win the Cup. But I'm like, I need to see Brady celebrate this because everybody always talks about how like amazing the 2018 Capitals celebration was. And I feel like Brady would like surpass that just by himself. Like, without
1: even any help from his teammates, you know? Literally. Because why is Brady, like, half there One being, like, not even making the playoffs? Like, he's almost at that level, and he hasn't even done anything. (laughs) I'm so obsessed with him. He's just so funny. Like, I like that's the thing I feel like I say it a hundred times every episode but he's just so hilarious like there's no other way to describe him I'm so glad he's an Ottawa senator like me too like I can't imagine him playing for any other team like he just is so like Ottawa senators and it's like it's so crazy but also do you
0: also feel like Brady Kachuk at 23 years old I am like there is no doubt in my mind that he will be the last player to wear number seven in a senator's jersey, right? Like, how how do I already know that he's getting his number retired already, you know? And I, this isn't even a new realization. I realized this in, like, 2021, you know? Like, it's, it's no, probably 2022, I guess, is when I was like, no player is ever going to wear number seven again. Like, it's, it's just insane how
1: much of an Ottawa senator he is. Like, yeah, there's just, like, no, like... He just, like, is the definition of an Ottawa senator, which is funny because I think people say that a lot of the time when, like, like more, like, hockey analysis people say that because it's, like, the way he plays. Like, it's very, like, hard to play against, like, hit hard, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff, but also just, like, his goofy energy. Like, that's so, like, the sense. <laughs> like, that's more, like, obviously his play on ice and, like, being the captain and stuff, that's why he won't wear seven. Like, that's why no one will wear seven again. But it's also, like, the getting, like, drunken byword and, like, bartending shirtless stuff like that's the other reason why no one will wear seven again well and that's the thing like people I I don't know I don't hear it that much anymore but people love
0: to talk about any player on the Sens being like oh he's too much of a star like he, he won't want to stay in this like small town where the weather is terrible you know like he won't like it there but it's like no if you actually see how what Brady is like, you realize that that is exactly the vibe he wants. Like that is exactly his vibe is like the most random ass like lame small town team, not really small town, but like kind of small town energy type of team. And he's just like, this is
1: perfect, you know? Exactly. Like, it's just so awesome. Because it's like, I don't know, because you might not expect it, right? Like it makes sense to not expect it because he's like, Especially him being, like, from the States and stuff. It's, like, sometimes, like, American players do not like Ottawa. But it's, like, it's so nice that it seems like he could have been, like, born and raised in Ottawa. Exactly. He just, he gets it to an extent that, like, few people do,
0: you know? So, anyways, with that (laughs) segment out of the way, we wanted to move on to a segment that I am so excited about. So, those of you who... Listened to my old podcast, "This Amelican Life," know that in 2021, at the end of that like COVID shortened season, we did a little awards show. We handed out what we called the Amelican Awards. And actually, last year, obviously, there were no Amelican Awards, but I did go on the Zoobcast, and they had some different awards that I helped them hand out. And I have it on good authority that they're going to be doing this again. Um, but just just to be clear, I. Came up with that idea. They stole it from me, not the other way around. Anyways, so for the end of this season, I thought it would be fun to revive the Amelnican Awards as a tribute to this Amelnican life. I have had Poppy's blessing to do this. I am so excited to to do this to to revive this
1: award show. I'm so excited too because, as Vienna mentioned at the top at the beginning of the podcast, I won one of the awards last time, and literally. Best day of my life. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to, like, prepare a speech. I was so happy. So, anyone who wins, get ready to experience the best day of your life. It's truly the highest honor that we could bestow. It
0: really is. So, anyways... After, a one, after one year um, of a hiatus or whatever, we are back with the second edition of the Amel Awards and the first award that we have to hand out. Uh, and by the way, we haven't decided who's going to win them. We have written down some finalists and we'll discuss them. But anyways, the first award to hand out is the Freddie Clayson Award for the best vibes. Who do you think should win?
1: Okay, so I personally believe that in looking at vibes... I think you do have to take into consideration the vibes on and off the ice. So for that reason, I am picking Claude Giroux for my pick because he just is so happy to be an Ottawa Senator and also he's very, very good. So it's like the vibes are just excellent on and off the ice for him. I think so too. Like I had maybe like Nick Holden as a, another
0: finalist, a a possible option, but I think that Cloji who, yeah, really just has the vibes on and off the ice. And it's not like it's a specific type of vibes where it's just like he shows up and he's just so happy to be here. He's so Ottawa pilled, he's such an Ottawa senator, and he also just on the ice, every time the sends like need a goal, like desperately need a goal, it's Cloji who is saving the day. Just like great timing for all of his goals. He is a father figure to all of these players. I just think the vibes are amazing. I'm so happy he's here. So, kunoji Who, you win this year's award for... This year's Freddie Clayson award. Also, by the way, what's really fun is that last year, when I announced this award, uh, Freddie Clayson's family, who name-search Freddie Clayson all the time, uh, found the tweet where I, I like, posted who won the award and um, retweeted it, and then Freddie Clayson replied to this Melnick in Life. So, looking forward to that again this season. Um, anyways, our next award is called... The Jean-Gabriel Peugeot Award for Excellence in Rivalry Games, because really, I just love celebrating the players who show up when it matters most, you know, and that is when I really hate the team that they're playing.
1: Um, Yeah, so this is the award for Excellence in Rivalry Games. Who do you think takes it? So the thing
0: is, now I'm like slightly sad that we didn't get to do these awards last year because last year, Runaway winner was Tim Stutz, for sure. Like he, he was amazing against Toronto and Montreal, just in terms of like pissing people off. And that was just really, I feel like it was a great coming of age for him where he just really showed the world that he is such a hater, you know, but, and so I almost wanted to give it to him this year because he like also brought a lot of hater energy to those Toronto and Montreal games, but I
1: feel like I feel like this is really Brady's award. What do you think? I have to agree. I think Brady just like stepped everything up to a new level this year, including his hater energy. I have to agree, though, if this was last year, Tim Stutzle... For diving, every game against the Montreal Canadiens alone would have gotten him this award. But sadly, he's like, he's toned it back a little this year, but it has to go to Brady. Like, Brady was such a hater this year. Like, for who wants it against the Detroit Red Wings alone? Like, from that moment, I knew this was his award.
0: Exactly. And I was going to say, you know, we always think of the rivalry games as Toronto and Montreal. But as we have talked about on this podcast... I am trying to make a rivalry with the Red Wings happen. And I saw in that, in those two games against the Red Wings, that Brady also believes in this. He also wants to make this
1: rivalry happen. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing, right? Is like beyond just like being good in games like against rivals, he is like helping to create new rivals. Like he's so much of a hater that he's like, we need more teams to hate us. And, like, really, there couldn't be another winner. And, you know, it
0: just, it feels like this is a Brady Kachuk award, you know? Like, it, it feels just right that he would get this award.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: So, our next award is um, one that I find pretty fun. It's called the Andrew Hammond Award for the weirdest season. So, this doesn't have to be a good season or a bad season. Just just the season that was the most difficult to explain. Where you look back and you're like, what the hell happened?
1: who do you have for this? Okay, so I first want to say I had a finalist on here who I think has to be mentioned, but is not, I don't think is the winner. So as the finalist, as one of the finalists, I've put down Jake Luccini. Because does everyone remember that? Like, that was odd. He was in Belleville, then he came to the Sens, then he got like second power play time, like he was on the power play and he scored his first goal on the power play. And then where did he go? Presumably back to Belleville. I don't pay attention to Belleville though. So like in my mind, he just like randomly appeared and then disappeared and no one talks about him anymore. So that's very odd to me. But I think the winner has to be Nikita Zaitsev. I
0: I, I think I agree with that. And the other one that I wrote down, the first one I thought of, actually, um, when I was trying to figure out, like, who had a weird season, was just Alex Dobrinkit. Because, like, how many goals did he have called back because of offside reviews? Let alone all the, like, posts he hit, all the missed debts. Like, how, what happened to this man that he could not buy a goal and still ended up with like a perfectly acceptable goal total. But just like, it was such a weird season where it was like, how did he not score? And I, I don't understand it, but I do agree. Nikita Zaitsev. like, what the fuck was that? Um he's like, <laughs> to go through yeah. the timeline, like he starts out the season being like easily the worst player on the Sens, like so bad. It is painful to watch. Um, and then, like, uh, what even? What is the order of events? He like threatens to beat up a fan, then gets waived, and then is like, I think kind of good in Belleville, or maybe he's not. But he comes back and he's good again for like randomly, like literally, like the first time he's been good in years. And then I think he got injured or something. And then at some point he gets traded to Chicago and is still so bad that he is a, a healthy scratch. And then at one point was also he played forward briefly in Chicago. Like this
1: is just it's such a weird season. Wait, I didn't even know that he played forward in Chicago and I still gave him the weirdest award. So I like, actually, wow, I what
0: an it, odd season. Yeah, now that I think about it, I'm not sure he actually played forward. I think he was just, like, listed as a forward at, like, one of their practices or whatever. But there, were, there was something about uh, him playing forward.
1: We'll go with it. The Yeah, that's the thing. is like, Alex Debrinka had a really weird season, but it's, like, his was, like, solely on ice. Like, on ice, weird, weird season. Nikita Zaitsev brought it in, like, all aspects of the game. <laughs> like, on and off ice, he was weird this season. Um, so the next award we have to give away is the Dylan DeMello Award for best social media content. Who do you think takes it?
0: Now this one I'm actually not sure about. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I feel like we had a lot of good options. Um you know just, just running down the list. Here's kind of my reasoning for all the finalists I gave. Um Brady Kachuk just cause like always, you know, and I feel like around and social media content I'm also counting like team videos and stuff, you know? When he was at the All-Star game, that content was great. Uh, Thomas Shabbat just for the like weirdly flirty comments on all his teammates' uh, Instagram posts. I, I really enjoy that. Uh, Josh Norris, um, who of course was not playing this season, but you know, he did uh, live tweet one game. And um, you know, I feel like he had some good social media moments that I'm blanking on right now. Uh, oh, he had some of the official team videos. He was pretty funny in those. But honestly, now that I'm, I'm like talking through this, I feel like it's got to be Matthew Joseph, mostly because of that TikTok he
1: posted at Skills that was so funny. I, yeah, I have to agree. I think it was, like, very strong competition this season, I think. But, yeah, that TikTok has to take it. The TikTok we're talking about is, like, the trend where it's, like, I'm passing the phone to someone who – and then, like, you describe your teammate – and if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's the funniest TikTok I've ever seen. The The thing I will say is I think Josh Norris has to get runner-up, not just because... Uh, well, Brady Kachuk should too. Brady Kachuk's won enough. So no, I think Josh Norris has to get runner-up because obviously he took over the Sens Twitter and that was hilarious, but also... Everyone remember the video where he dropped the soup? Oh yeah. I remember. I think that like that is enough to give him runner-up, in my opinion. But yeah, I think Matthew Joseph has to win it.
0: Wait, also, I did forget that we are also including the um the preseason video. Because if we're talking preseason content, like that video where Josh Norris just like, well, Thomas Shabbat is mic'd up and Josh Norris just skates up to him and is like trying to get him to teach him french words and is like how do you say i love you in french um yeah so i don't know it's pretty tight actually like josh provided so much social media content considering we, yeah, that he was featured the whole time
1: yeah also we he did give us the meowing as well like that sound oh. bite of him just like <laughs> okay yeah
0: you know what Matthew Joseph runner-up but we gotta give it to Josh and also I want to say my favorite part of that TikTok had to do with Josh because who was it I think it was Brady who he was like I'm passing the phone to the smartest guy on the team and then it was Josh Norris and it was just clearly like clearly a joke about how he's the dumbest guy
1: on the team yeah yeah oh my gosh wait so sorry to Matthew Joseph for like giving it to you and then rescinding it but it because like I don't know, Josh Norris, because he had nothing else to do this season, so like he may as well have been good at social media.
0: <laughs> and also the fact that like so many of the things that we're giving him, that we're like basing this award on for him happened like before he got injured. Like he he put out so much content in preseason. He gave us so many good moments and then got injured and like kept posting, you know, like that's that's just
1: incredible. That's so impressive of him. Okay, so the next award, I can I can give the title because I want you to be able to announce this. I think, like, this, like, you deserve it more than no one else to announce the winner of this one. Okay, the next award is the Zdeno Chara Award for Best Former Senator. Who takes it?
0: I'm so glad you gave me the honor of announcing that there are no runner-ups to this. No other options. It is
1: 100% my favorite little guy Eric Carlson it was never in doubt truly no one compares insane season he's so good
0: I love and miss him so much like uh, it's now so annoying on Twitter where I mean okay it's always been like this but for so long whenever you're like I miss Eric Carlson I want him back people are like oh so you hate Tim Sturzel and Josh Norris then oh so so you want his 11 million dollar cap hit like no no I don't care about any of that
1: I just miss him Am I, am I not allowed to just miss and love him? It's so unfair. Anyone can miss and love him. And I think you miss and love him the most of anyone. And I'm very happy that he had such a good season. And if he, some people are talking about how he like might not get the Norris because they're like, he doesn't play defense. If he doesn't get the Norris, there will be hell to pay. Oh, exactly. And you know what's
0: interesting to me is that In 2016, he should have won the Norris, but they gave it to Drew Doughty. And you know why? Why they gave it to Drew Doughty? Because, oh, he's just due for a Norris. He's been so good for so long. So we're going to treat it like a lifetime achievement award. And so Eric Carlson was robbed of the Norris in 2016 and, frankly, in 2017 as well. He was also robbed of the heart in 2017 and probably in other years as well because people were like, oh, we can't give it to someone whose team doesn't make the playoffs, although that wasn't the thing in 2017, but whatever. Anyways, so he is due for a Doris. Like, let's be honest here. He he is now way overdue for a Norris Trophy. The league owes him two of them. But but now it's no longer a lifetime achievement award. Make it make
1: sense. I if he doesn't get it, I'm gonna scream. He deserves it so bad. If he doesn't get it, I'm just gonna gaslight myself into like thinking he did. So it's fine. Exactly. This should be his fifth Doris. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> shout out Eric Carlson. Great season. <laughs>
0: For sure, and that brings us to the award that again you won last year. so exciting. This is the Craig Medaglia award for the Sens twitter m v p there were a lot of
1: options. do you? Is there one that sticks out to you um okay i there are a lot of great options. I think should I just announce the winner or should I like go through yeah, the, announce the the options okay, I think the winner has to be. This is me passing it along to, like, the next winner. I think it just has to be the dip Dipshit. Like, excellence in posting this year. Insane. The the Trojan picture, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go on the Dip Dipshit Twitter account and see. Literally just, like, so excellent. No notes. Perfect posting all season. I fully
0: agree. I think, I did have some some sort of honorable mentions. Most of them I post I added as a joke. Uh, I I did want to give a shout out to Frank Senators, who has just been consistently excellent on Twitter. I, I feel like the Sens dipshit really like leveled up this year, whereas Frank Senators has just been like consistently excellent. So, you know, maybe like with Drew Downey winning the Norris, eventually we will just decide that he's due for a Craig Vodaglia award for Sens Twitter MVP. But yeah, definitely shout out to him. I also wanted to give a shout out to at Nuxleep Demon, who I just think is hilarious, but also I feel like most of her really excellent posts were on Twitter circles, uh, not to brag about being in her Twitter circle, but anyway, so I was like, oh, well, they're not, like, available to the public, so I can't, uh, I can't give that one to her. Also, Josh Norris, I mean, his old tweets just gave us so much content, Um you know, like, uh, but he didn't really post that much this year. Aside from okay, we we didn't we never got the chance to talk about. It. I think it was recent, right? Uh, this thing where he tweeted about Anton Forsberg's dog and how he like um, it was a really good tweet about how he once like uh, I think recently like accidentally left the dog out of the house and was like chasing it around in jeans. He had to clarify. <laughs> Wait,
1: I just pulled it up. <laughs> like great dog really fast ottawa and jeans for a good 20 minutes yeah and it's so funny because um in the oh that's so funny because in the in the like video where he took over the Sen's twitter account he mentioned how he was like um dog sitting for forestberg mm-hmm. so it's funny that like this is the payoff also i will say i did not see this until right now because i do have josh norris blocked on twitter <laughs> Well, it was a really good tweet. <laughs> I'm very afraid that he will ever see anything I've ever said about him. So I block him. But um, excellent tweet. Everyone go check it out.
0: Yeah. And, you know, OK, obviously we can't actually give this to Josh Norris because he already won the other award. Here's even just even more reason to be winning the social media award. But I, I did think it was I don't know. He was he was one of the Twitter people. He was just a a, a poster on Twitter this season. So he could have won the award. He's a finalist. Um, the other person I wanted to just give a shout out to, Nancy Chikrin. We've already been over this, but like, man, her Twitter is so good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like son's parents in general. I know you also have Shabbat's dad. Oh, I'll let you say it because it's a very French name.
0: Yeah. Um. So his name is Francois Shabbat. And I just want to say, you guys, like, if you if you have not been through his Twitter... It is a riot. Like, go go to François Shabbat's Twitter. Um, just just like search his name, whatever. I the way I find these people on Twitter is a little life hack is like go to the players' Twitter and look at who they follow. And and you'll find their parents usually. Anyways, François Shabbat has some great tweets. Uh so does Francis Joseph as well. Uh and actually, fun fact about Francie Joseph, you should go Listen to La Brigade because he had a great uh, interview on there. He he seems
1: great. So, yeah, the parents are pretty great on Sense Twitter. Yeah, like, they're just, like, really keeping it afloat if you can find them. The other person, uh, Frank Pinto, <laughs> Shane Pinto's dad, True, yeah. he posts very funny things sometimes as well. He's also a good poster.
0: Yeah, but of course, none of these people hold
1: a candle to the Sense dipshit. Absolutely not. In a way, the sense dipshit is, like, the parent of everyone on the Sense. So. True. <laughs> so congratulations again. This is, like, the real passing of the torch moment. Um, I hope this is the best day of your life, like it was for me. Please let us know.
0: Um, anyways, now we have one final award. Yeah. So for those who listened to the original uh, episode two years ago, where Poppy and I uh, introduced the Amelican Awards... Uh, There was an award that Poppy made up on the spot called the Derek Broussard Award for a player that Poppy inexplicably loves. And I thought it would be a wonderful full circle moment to hand this away to none other than Derek Broussard. And for the record, this has been Poppy approved. Poppy gave her stamp of approval on handing Derek
1: Broussard the Derek Broussard
0: Award this season.
1: That's just so lovely. Um, that just truly is a full circle moment. Shout out Derek Broussard. Um Yeah. Shout out Poppy as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't forget that one. So that concludes our... Awards. Uh, So that was the Amelnikian Awards, the second edition, two years later. Um, Hopefully we can keep this up a little bit more consistently going forward. And uh, so we have one more thing that we were supposed to discuss. Um, As I'm sure everybody can tell from listening to this podcast, we plan our episodes out well in advance. They're very meticulously planned. We know exactly what we're going to talk about. And uh, I have written down for the for episode Chuck for this week, that we're supposed to do a playoff preview of the Sens' first round series against the Bruins. Um, and of course, I already had, we had all these notes and everything. So yeah, can't wait. Let's let's preview the Sens' first round series against the Bruins.
1: <laughs> okay, I will say before we uh, started recording, I discussed just like going through like head-to-head matchups. So uh, I don't know anything about the Bruins other than, okay, 1C versus 1C, Patrice Bergeron versus Tim Stutzler, Sens take it. I don't know who else is on the Bruins. Sorry. So basically, sends in four.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Brad Marchand versus Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk clears easily. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, oh. is there number one defenseman, I'm assuming. Uh, Thomas Chabot clears easily. And Jacob Chikrin is better than whatever other guy they have on defense. Uh, just, yeah, basically, up and down the lineup, like, Sens are just better. Um, even, you know what, in net, I they're, they're guys that are so good. Uh, I know the, the two goalies who hug all the time, I can't even remember their names. Um, sorry, but the Sens baby goaltenders clear easily. So, yeah. Mad Sogard is better than whoever you
1: have in Boston. So,
0: Sorry. Yeah, so basically, um, the Sens are in the playoffs. They are going to play the Bruins in the first round, and they are going to win in four. And actually, you know what? Now that we're at it, we can just give our whole playoff preview here um, because we already know what's going to happen. The Sens are going to beat the Bruins in the first round, and then uh, for the second round, they're going to play uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning um, because, of course, they'll be playing the the winner of um, Lightning versus Leafs. And, I mean... The Lightning look washed, so I'm also going to say Sens in four for that one.
1: I agree. Um, I don't even know who they play after that. Oh, Whoever it is. It literally, like, this is the thing, guys. It, oh, okay, yeah. Carolina. Oh, Sens in four as well, because Carolina, I said this on Twitter, Carolina just stole their entire look from the Sens, so it's, like, basically that means the Sens will win because the Sens already know what they're planning, because it's, like, if they stole their look, surely they stole everything else, so... Sorry, I just mean that because, like, the jerseys look the exact same. But anyway. Okay, so Sens and four as well. And then I guess that brings us to the Stanley Cup final. Um, Does it? Wait, I can't do math. Yes, it does. Okay. I personally believe that it will be the Oilers because I am on the Oilers bandwagon for the West specifically. On the East, of course, I'm, like, rooting for the Sens. (laughs) And I think it'll be a hard-fought series. I think it will eventually, though, be Sens and four. (laughs)
0: hard-fought series but still a sweep so there we go uh that's yeah. your stanley cup playoffs preview <laughs> um in 16 no point in even watching the games because the Sens are just gonna sweep the whole playoffs and win the stanley cup and then brady kachuk will i, I can't even imagine what he's gonna do
1: yes so uh thank you for listening shout out the Sens and the Ottawa senators are your stanley cup champions <laughs>
0: In 2023, specifically. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's it for this episode. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Elite Sends Brain, or I am at C Beata E. She is at Birder. Uh We will see you next time. Go Sends Go.
1: Bye. Go Sends Go. <laughs>